Welcome to the Dangerous Man Podcast, where we talk about how to become a better man, take responsibility for our mission, create value for others, and the many failures and lessons we've learned along the way. Stay dangerous. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, but really just the men. This is your host, John Castores, joined by co-host Adam Tuft. What is up, boys? Woo! We are so excited to be back. We are, you know, we we you know, I just want to launch in with the topic, man. Like uh, we Adam and I have been, as you might have noticed, uh, we haven't put out episodes for a while and uh, well, you know. Yeah, we took a little <laughs> sabbatical, so uh welcome <laughs> to season 2, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, we really did take a sabbatical, though. You know, mm-hmm. we you know there's been a, kind of a re uh, we had like a retreat, if you will, of just like what is what is my life purpose and my mission and and uh, I mean that's a really kind of vague way of saying it, but yeah. I think I think Adam, you could attest to this, but there's been there's been some some challenge on the road. There's been uh, maybe like I got to get my mindset right. I got to reframe like what am I what are what are the systems. I'm organ like how do I stay organized in my life is what I mean but is yeah. what I mean by systems. How do I like what are my what's my routine? What's my schedule? How do I plan to to study and to how do I plan to grow as a person? And I think there was a bit of a bit of like we've tried stuff and it was it was been challenging and now it's like how do we want to move forward? We 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 don't want to just slip out of this. Uh we want to continue to become great, become better men. Oh yeah. That's I think what I, I think if I could sum up our sabbatical, I think we could say that. Yeah. And actually, like, we were trying to, like, get that done. Like, not just be like, oh, we need to do this thing. It's more like, no, it needs to happen. I want to, like, slap somebody right now. But <laughs> I'm like, I'm just, I'm just we, amped. But We got to commit. Yeah. It's, you have to commit. If you don't commit, if mm-hmm. you don't have commitment, you, you don't have anything. Yeah. But that's also making sure you're, like, saying yes to the things that you want to say yes to and saying no to the things you want to say no to. And sometimes that includes saying no to good things for better things. Yeah. What does that even mean? So. What what what's, what have you been doing in your, in your life that, you know, maybe a story that you could, that you could, your reflection on that? What's your process? What's your, your process been for thinking about that? I think it's kind of like. And, and restate it one more time just so we can. Like. Get in the mojo. Get in the, yeah, get in the flow here. Sometimes you need to say no to good things. To say yes to great things. And a lot of people are like, oh, say say no to bad things, say yes to good things. But, and like, you can do that, but when it really becomes challenging is saying no to good things to say yes to great things. And you have to figure out what are the great things that you need to say yes to and then actually, like, commit hard to them. And But it's, it's difficult to do that when you have other good things in your life that you're like, well, a lot of other people are saying yes to these things but that's because they don't don't necessarily see or have access to the great things that, that I have in my life so I have to make sure I'm doing the great things wow. and then if I have time for the good things do those as well and then and just forget that the bad even exists yeah well, but like granted what, like what are some good things or, or bad things in your life 
I think like, like, like some examples that you have had maybe in the past couple of years or, or. Yeah, there's 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 definitely a lot there. Uh, something that I can think of off the top of my head is like sleep, right? Yeah. Sometimes you need to say no to sleep to say yes to doing the things that you know you need to get done. Yeah. Um, is, and that, some, is that like waking up and working out or, or yes. What, what is that? You know, you can kind of maybe share your journey here too, mm-hmm. but you know, but I'll also, let, you, I'll let you keep going. Like sometimes you want, you want to have some free time. You want to have like a chill morning and it's like, Oh, maybe you woke up a little late cause you slept a little too long. Maybe you went, went to bed a little too late. You as in I, I've done this. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you're like, Oh, it's already past this time. So I can't do the things that I said I was going to do in the morning. But at the same time, it's like, no, those things need to get done. You need to commit hard to those things. So even if you wake up late, you're still working out. You're still, you know, studying. You're still, like, making sure you're, you're, you know, you're feeding yourself properly. Like, all those things, making sure you're getting those things done, even if you get up late, because those are wins that you need to keep your momentum going so you keep building that instead of, uh, hitting like gas break, gas break, and you're just not really going anywhere. That's awesome, man. I I love that because it makes me think of uh, just the idea of you know, uh, I guess we we kind of came up with a, a one liner here. It, it honestly just flowed out of our attitude, and as we we're setting up here to yeah. hit record, we're like, I I forget exactly who said it, but uh, we we spit out the line. I actually think this was me by accident. Like, dude, you gotta stay on the front end of of being great. Yeah. I thought this would be a sweet thing just to talk about and, and break down here. But, like, what, what did that mean for you hearing that? Yeah, that means, like, you need to stay on, like, the the initial things that bring you greatness. So it's kind of like the fundamentals of greatness. You need to stay continually doing those. But, like, why we say the front end is because it's, like, the beginning part that feeds into everything else. You got to keep doing those things. So you got to keep working out. You got to make sure you're you're getting up on time, going to bed on time not wasting a bunch of time randomly going through social media or like watching TV or, or, or worse things. Like um, you got to make sure you're doing those things properly. Cause like we could say front end and people are like, Oh, you mean you gotta be a, a you gotta stay on the, you gotta be a cashier at the the greatness store. But that's, that's not what it, what it means. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm making a, uh, a reference to, uh, Depart- my- departments in like a uh, in a big box store. The front end is like the cashiers and stuff. Ah, but, uh, yeah, yeah. That's not what we mean. Uh, we mean you need. To, yeah, don't don't yeah. like pull up a, a mm-hmm. cot and start lodging at the front desk of your uh, <laughs> the yeah. place you work. Yeah, don't don't uh yeah don't pull up a cot at, at the front of Target and. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm staying on the front end. <laughs> it's you know, I think we had this saying that I'll I'll just break down this this phrase too for for y'all of we have the saying um just one of our our business mentors has said you got to stay on the front end of your business mm-hmm. and so that's kind of maybe where this came from was like what what that means um it's kind of like staying on the front end is it's kind of like what are the the daily actionables that I need to be doing so you know daily actionables so that that basically be like am i am i in business it's like okay well you got to get leads that's mm-hmm. just how business works. Yeah. You got to find people that you can serve. Who are the people that you are called to serve? That's what every good ethical business owner uh, really wants to do is they have a certain audience, a target av- avatar, people that they're 
that they've been Russell Brunson talks about this. He's a he's a, a really successful digital internet marketer uh, and sales guy. Started ClickFunnels, co-founder of ClickFunnels, and one thing he talks about is um, essentially every entrepreneur has been called to serve people, and they have a certain mission that they've been given, and a business is a way of of doing that, and accomplishing that, and going there and, and reaching people and helping people. And what you know, whatever your you know, for any listening, listening, maybe we've come across business owners or our mindset, our idea of business is kind of negative. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a pretty popular thing, I think, in society. We just think that people that have money or people that uh, have started businesses want to screw people over. And, you know, that's simply not true. And uh, it could be true for some people. But I guess the reason I even mention is because there's this greater idea for people that I think – and I think everyone, whether you feel like you want to be an entrepreneur or not, maybe you just want to work a job and, you know, whatever form of income. I guess I'm not necessarily saying it has to be a certain thing. But I do want to get back to my point, which is – um, you know, essentially, we've all been called to greatness. I think every man, Absolutely. every man has been called to go and give his life to something bigger than himself. And that's going to be other people. That's going to be a group of people that could be and will include and more, but it can include your, your good friends, your best friends. It can include your family. Maybe you have wife and kids. Uh, maybe you are a kid. Uh, you are a son and you have father, mother, uh, brother, sister, uh, you know, you've been called to serve the people that have been entrusted to your life, right? So that's going to be that family. It's going to be if you own a business or if you're a manager at a business at your work, those people that you are in charge of managing, maybe maybe you're really passionate about something like in a nonprofit space, right? So I, I want to kind of give a couple of those examples just to say like, you know, there's a lot of maybe you're a coach on a sports team, right? Uh, you you serve with your local church. Uh, you serve at a, at a free ministry at the hospital or something, or, or ministry, not ministry, uh, like a like a uh, what's it called service, like a, a volunteer, volunteer. Yeah. That's the word, volunteer, volunteer at a hospital. Yeah, and and so we've been, we've been called to to serve people, and so a lot of the entrepreneur space. Russell Brunson really is. He's felt on his journey was like I didn't, you know, I didn't really feel like I fit in to any given circle. I just always felt like I was supposed to start something and pioneer something and go go be creative. Like he was such a mm. the art of marketing, the art of of building internet marketing, and it's just his obsession. And it was like he was so passionate about it. And the people that he could go and serve and buy his products and services, he he serves entrepreneurs and he gives them he gives them a channel um, to basically help grow their businesses. And like for them, like if he can help people actually accomplish their goals of growing their businesses and he can meet them where they're at with their struggles of doing that and he can offer better experience and solutions and you know he's basically gone before them and been really successful and he's really good at teaching that he's really passionate about helping those people to do what he's done and who hasn't had that experience adam right where it's like if i've played soccer this is a big example for me in my life but i I love hockey Mm -hmm. and i i just loved um you know i loved playing hockey as a kid in high school and in middle school and i remember adam and i it was like, hey, we should start this hockey league. Yeah, and he we've was talked like, about this before, I think. We, but, we've yeah. mentioned it, yeah, and we should start this hockey league, and we could sign up and have all these these kids, and uh, we could have like three or four teams and play each other and have jerseys and and team names and cut and print it out and like have a tournament. And Adam's like, you can tell your part about. You know, yeah, I was yeah. like, let's do it. I don't even know how to play hockey, but let's do it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's, that's okay. You could be the referee. Okay, so here's the rules of, and, and then you're like, how do you even play hockey, John? And I'm like. And I'm like, oh, it's, it's, it's not a big deal. Don't, don't worry about that. I'll, I'll teach you that. So I was like, 
We'll figure that out later. Right now, I, we need I literally start just drawing out rules. And here's the hockey rink. Here's the blue line. I'm like, and I'm like trying to teach him. It's like, that's why you can be a referee, right? And so, anyways, that's yeah. that's the hockey. And we ended up not doing this league. Mm-hmm. Uh, spoiler alert. Uh, but it, it was a lot of work and, you know, whatever. You can be a dreamer, yeah. but as a kid, it's hard to really execute. Yeah. How old were we, do you think, at this t- point? Uh, sixth grade. Yeah, something like that. Sixth, seventh grade. Middle, yeah, so, we were in middle school. It was like my second year playing hockey yeah. like in my life. And I was like, yeah. oh, I'm so obsessed with this. But uh, let me get back to my my point, which um, if I can remember that, it was um, serving people, entrepreneur, uh, Russell Brunson. Uh, what was it? Uh, what was I saying? Hockey, hockey. Oh, being oh, passionate oh. about what you're doing and, and building something. I was so passionate about hockey. And I wanted to, I basically wanted to like, and here's, here's, here's the main point I'm trying to get is like I – learning hockey and, and starting to get good at it or starting to love it or do it. I just wanted to start teaching other people. I was like, hey, here's, I learned how to like, how to catch a pass. If it was, if a pass is going really fast, if you just have your, your stick really firm and it just, you know, it's like, it's like throwing it at a brick wall and it just hits the wall and bounces off. Like that's what's gonna happen when the puck hits your stick. And it's hard to control the puck, but it's like the good, the good hockey players, they understand. And this is what I was taught by my coaches. The good, the good hockey players understand that if someone fires you a hard pass, if you kind of like, you kind of like an egg, think about an egg. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen the visit, you know, when I was at University of Minnesota, when I was a kid, we went to this physics presentation on stage and they did this whole like, you know, ropes and like eggs and like laying on a bed of nails and stuff. Right? Oh, I think I've seen this. You might've yeah. even been there, but yeah. it was, like, the same one. it was so cool. Anyways, they basically like show like, Hey, toss an egg in there and here's a plate crack smash. And it was like, that is what happens when you throw an egg in there. But like, but what if I could tell you? What, you know, it's like think about like the theatrical, like uh, you know, like circus, Afro circus, and they're like, "What if I could tell you that you could throw an egg and catch it without breaking it?" <gasps> Ooh, ah, imagine the possibilities. Yeah, and it was like you don't think it's possible, but let me show you. <laughs> and so they throw the air egg up in the air, and what do they do? They hold the plate above their head, and and as it starts to come to the egg, they 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 mirror the egg speed with their hands in the plate, and then they gradually catch it. By the time it's about their knees or ankles, they've like slowed the egg down and mm-hmm. with its momentum, and, it, and they catch it on the plate. It doesn't crack. Yeah. So that's what you do with the hockey stick. You have to hockey, you have to match its momentum. Exactly. So you. Yeah, so you put the stick out a little further, and then as it hits your stick, you you kind of like yeah, take it back I, and kind of like catch I it, cup it back and yeah. slow it down. And then if I do that, even just a bit of a micro, like it could be a little flick, like just a little bit, I can catch these laser passes and just you know what I mean with precision yeah. and control and like. Uh, anyways, uh, so the complicated so stuff that you've learned. That's stuff from that hockey. I. That's a complicated yeah. thing. That's something I learned and I, I loved it and and I wanted to teach that to somebody, right? I wanted mm-hmm. to just like start teaching this to people. And so, and that's, and that's what, that's basically like serving and helping people, right? I wanted people to be better at hockey. Wanted, like, I just naturally wanted that for them. It came out of a good place in my heart. And I think that's what Russell's really talking about. Of like, there are certain people that we just have like learned these things in our lives mm-hmm. and we just want to help them do the same thing. And so what do we do? Like, not everybody, but some, a lot of entrepreneurs this is how they get their start. They're like, I'm going to create this uh, and do a business out of it where I can basically just do this for other people and help them because I've, I've learned how to yeah. do this. And, you know, it's, it's kind of like paying other people for their experiences so that you don't, you can learn it faster mm-hmm. and they can show you how to do it. Um, so, and that'd be maybe more of a coaching business yeah. model, but. And it's, it's interesting with those people that don't really understand entrepreneurs. They kind of have that, that limiting belief of like, oh, why are you doing all this stuff for, for money? But the thing is entrepreneurs aren't doing it all for money. It's kind of one of the principles in Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki is, uh, yeah. the wealthy, don't work for money. They have money work for them. But because of that, they're willing to put in hours when they're not getting paid to generate something. 
but you actually have to have like basically passion for something or want to accomplish something without getting paid for it. So it's like, you have to want to serve people. Now the people that like don't understand that it's because they're doing all their service and all of their passion projects and stuff outside of their work that they're not getting paid for. And then they're working just to make money. So then when someone is like an entrepreneur and they're like going after like trying to make make money while doing also their passions, like, well, why would you spend all that time trying to make money when you're not going to have time to do your passionate thing about? But it's like, no, I'm, I'm kind of combining the two. Um, right. And I think that's what people who aren't entrepreneur entrepreneurship minded don't necessarily like understand. But it's just because when they work, they work for money. So it's just kind of like they need that mindset shift and they can read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I guess, to get that. <laughs> I would recommend that's really yeah. foundational reading, I think, for mm-hmm. just learning about financial literacy and money. And, you know, and, and kind of these stories and examples are for us, it's really like, a OK, so we've kind of described like if we're talking about staying on the front end of being great, it's like yeah. uh, I think we got a little lost in the sauce of, of goodness there. But, you know, there's a little bit of example in it, at least an entrepreneur sphere, but you can relate that to a lot of the other examples I gave of career or, or life of like, what, what, I, what do we want to be successful with? What, what do I want to be great with? You know? And so like, I can speak for myself and like, I think that's kind of where we want to go with this podcast too, is like, we want to stay on the front end of being great. Mm. What is that? What does being great mean for us? And it's like, I want to be a strong man. And I'll let you speak to this too, Adam. Like what, is, what like we talk about with a dangerous man. And that for us is like this ideal of, of, of a man that we want to be, of what it means to be, you know, you know, we've read a lot of different books from, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, John Eldridge, uh, wild at heart. He has a book called wild at heart, man, man, the, the heart of a man is wild. Uh, and, uh, it's part of our nature and, and dangerous. And, uh, you know, the book, uh, uh, what's the one, uh, hard times create strong men, right? These are kind of some yep. foundational That's reading. Uh, Stefan Arneo. Stefan, Stefan Arneo. Yeah. Um, uh, some great foundational readings and we, we learn about men being these, these bit rough around the edges, uncontained, untapped strength. Like, you know what I mean? Like on the mm-hmm. side of a mountain hunting elk, yeah. you know, like adventure, uh, like a cowboy kind of a, mm-hmm. you know, feel free to chime in here, but you know, they're not, they're not sitting on their couch watching TV. Yeah. Um, that's cause that's very safe and you're not risking anything with that. There's something that, that speaks to the heart of a man when he's doing something that he could get injured in or could get hurt in or could die in. And that's kind of what, like, there's almost like a, a, a like an essence to that where you're like, yes, you know, like <laughs> where you're like, I want to, I want to be dangerous and I want to do something that I could die doing, but I want to conquer it and not die. There's like, a, lot, a lot of risk in that, right? Yeah. <laughs> like we want to risk something because yeah. if we're risking something, that means we're doing something of purpose. And that's, that's what we want to do. And like, we don't want to just like watch TV and stuff. And like me and John just got a, a big ass whiteboard down here. And, and no, this and, is, a, yeah. this is a great whiteboard. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a amazing whiteboard. Cause it's, the th- thing is, is literally like, <laughs> describe this whiteboard right now, Adam, to our listeners. It's, it's like a big screen TV, except it's a whiteboard. <laughs> That's um, and like, like the biggest screen TV you can think of. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's probably like it an 80 or 90 inch screen TV, but it's a whiteboard. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's interesting. Cause like, I don't, and like, cause me and John are roommates, but we don't even have like a TV in, no, 
in our place. We don't got a TV in this house. Because we uh, we gather around a whiteboard because TVs are very about consuming. You're just consuming yeah. a bunch of media and stuff. Whereas a whiteboard, you're creating, you're putting stuff on it. And it kind of reminds me of a, of a time when I was uh, doing door-to-door sales in Rockford, Illinois. And I was talking to this one guy, and we were, like, in his <laughs> house. Rockford. And we were talking about stuff. And he, and he, had a, old Rockford. he had this huge screen TV, and he's like, isn't that the biggest screen TV you've, like, seen in Rockford? And I'm like, yeah, it is, because it, it was, like, a 90-inch screen TV. <laughs> it was huge. He's like, let me bring you into my house to show you how, isn't my TV bigger than any TV you've seen? Like, yeah, bro, was, you, yeah, yeah. man. Like, yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah, man, like, I, like, I, don't, I haven't seen all the TVs, but, like, it's just kind of one of those things where I'm, like, agreed with him to, like, get a little bit more buddy-buddy. Um, <laughs> build rapport. And build some rapport and stuff so I can make the sale, which I did. Um, so Heck yeah. Um, but, anyway... So if we're you see a big TV, give us a call and we want there's like, a bit of a sale for us. Not, yeah, not only we don't want to have the biggest TV, we want to have the biggest whiteboard. Oh my gosh. Dude. Yeah. We want to have the we want to have the biggest whiteboard in town. And you know why? Because <laughs> we want to stay on the front end of being great. Yeah. Cause the thing is, is like <laughs> the thing is with a whiteboard is it's so easy to just write 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 down your ideas. Also because you're not afraid of like messing up because it's really easy to like erase and, and put it back on. It's like yeah. easier. It's easier to like erase and put back on than like writing with like a pencil on paper. Um, yeah. And because of that, it, it's, it's just so easy to put stuff on it and take stuff off and move stuff around. And if you have a really big one, you don't have to worry about like r- running out of space. Dude. So it's a lot easier for, for to get your ideas onto something that's outside of your head. And it just, it just like helps you to be able to see it. And then you can also like back off later in the room and see it. And then like, See it be like it's almost like a work of art that you put up on the wall, but it was just like something that you wrote that is your idea, and you can like stand back and be like, "Look at that idea that I just put on the wall, and it's great, and I just I just love it, <laughs> and it's it just I don't understand why people have TVs where they can have whiteboards. It's great, like <laughs> dude. There's just an aspect of like I'm creative, like you said. I'm not yeah. I'm not a consumer. I'm creative, right? And so like. Yeah. You, you'll walk into our basement, okay? And mm-hmm. it's vibey. We got these beautiful Edison bulb lights, mm-hmm. black curtain, like wood, exposed wood. Like it's, you know, it's humble, but it's it's pretty awesome. I mean, we also have like these epic lazy, like you'll you'll find epic lazy boys, super comfy couches. Like I think we have like 12 seats here or, or give or take uh, of a lot of seating. Um, Adam's counting now because he, he, he has to know numbers. I think we have eight. Okay, there we go. Eight. eight real comfy. Yeah, I, I was gonna real keep, comfy. I was gonna keep going on, but I, I just know that Adam needed <laughs> like, to get I need, it right. I need the exact number. <laughs> so I need to get this right. And so, anyways, we got eight seats. Yes, you're right. And they're oriented around this wall. And the first thing you would think of when you walk down here and you see this wall, you're like, man, we, this would be a great TV room. And then we're like, no, this is gonna be our dangerous <laughs> men's club room, and we're gonna put a whiteboard here, yeah, a and so giant I, whiteboard. And like we, we said earlier, but I'm gonna say it again because I just think it's the funniest thing of like, um. You're not going to find a house of bachelors where you're going to walk down into this, the most comfy couches and like vibey room you've ever seen. You're like, man, there must be women here. This is, this is a cool, I mean, it's a little bit of a cave, but anyways. <laughs> it's a bit of a cave, but other than but that. It's, but it's comfort. It's home. Anyways, yeah. you're never going to walk into a basement of a ba- bunch of bachelors and see uh, couches oriented around a whiteboard to learn until now until now <laughs> yeah but call now and we'll set up one for you yeah maybe we should start selling whiteboards <laughs> no it's great actually if you you know and here's here's a st- one one last story here and we'll, we'll we'll clock off for today but um um this is actually a great project because you know 
and I wanted to kind of get back to this this idea too with our podcast where we actually just like we want to start documenting our journey. Yeah. And we've talked about this and, and sometimes Adam and I love the content so much like that we just want to start giving you all the goods but it's like also like we're still learning some of it so we don't have all the answers and I just wanted to mention that quickly because I think there's this aspect that we actually want to be able to like stay connected more to to this community of of men and you know like for us being the dangerous man uh podcast is part of a greater movement of of dangerous men global and and we really have a lot of vision we'll go more to that another time but I, I wanted to mention it because like like you guys this is like a you guys are our, our family and our community and we're and we're really dedicated to learning how to become better men and how to serve men and help them to do that too because we just we believe in that mission so much it's so important to us and so this whiteboard thing getting back to the story here mm-hmm. the, this is this is kind of an example of like yeah i'm just going to tell you about my life and what we've been doing but you know for us this whiteboard serves our dangerous men's club and we we teach we write out we learn how to become better men we we write up on the whiteboard um, and we, we, we teach concepts from, from books and on finances and we talk about business. We talk about how to be a better man. And, and some of us are married and we talk about, you know, one of our members really especially talks about marriage and, and how to be a father and he's got kids, you know? And, and so it's like, it's something that's just super raw and organic, but we use this whiteboard and, and we write stuff and people take notes and we listen and we give presentations up here and we have group discussion on it. And it's all focused on the topics that come with wanting to basically have a mastermind of how can we grow? How can we become great? How can we become strong men? Oh, right? yeah. What we've labeled as this and coined as the this, a dangerous man, the dangerous man. And so we want this to be what we do going forward. But this whiteboard for us is, is it's a, it's a symbol of, you know, possibilities. And, and I haven't really gotten super philosophical for this. I'm not going to go on too much of it, but like this whiteboard is awesome tool and we love it. And I, <laughs> I sat down here, after we put this up, Adam, mm-hmm. I literally sat on the couch and looked at it. And I, I was down here for an hour and a half. And like, I was, it's magical. It's, isn't it great? <laughs> I was just looking at the, the I had like three things written on there. You just stared and at it for hours like people like, watch their TV or just looking at your whiteboard. Be you like, would have walked ah, down yeah. and be like, why are you looking at the whiteboard, Johnny? You're looking at, what did you write up there? Like, I actually wasn't reading what I wrote. I was just like, I'm so happy that we have this huge whiteboard. I think that's something that's like bigger than my wingspan. Yeah, I think it's something that's super important about like staying on the front end is because a lot of staying on the front end of being great is just doing very simple things like, hey, making sure you're getting enough sleep, going to bed on time, getting up on time, you know, getting prayer, getting getting a workout feeding yourself properly, all those stuff. Those are very simple. Reading, staying educated. Reading, staying educated. It's all very important. But it's very simple. And I think, like, a whiteboard kind of encapsulates that so well because it's a whiteboard. It's really, really simple. Yeah. But because it's a creative tool, it's very simple. But what you do with it is the greatness part. Ooh. It's kind of like in a in a car, like, yeah, you can have that, like, the the gas break, and you can go 30 or you could floor it and just send it. Um, but Full the, send, give it the groceries, as they say. Yeah, give it, get, put the pedal to the metal. Um, I'm a person that likes to speed, so. Uh, <laughs> um, I love it. But uh, don't call the cops. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> if, you, if you do, I can tell you where he lives. <laughs> but you like to go fast in your car. Yeah, but okay. um, the um, thing is, is, is Staying on the front end of greatness is really like 
you're you're putting down the gas to getting where you need to go and you're not like hitting the brake because you're doing the simple things like put it push pushing your foot down on the gas is a very very simple thing but it makes you go really really fast dude as long as you're not braking do it try to make it complicated braking in in and, and put it on the gas. Like, keep it simple. So how do you drive fast? Well, let me tell you. <laughs> Just you push the pedal down more to the ground. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if you have an automatic, it's even easier because you don't have to gear shift or anything. It does it for you. Just put the... <laughs> Get, just put the gas to the floor and uh we should uh we should sell this course for uh for like 300 bucks how to drive fast one simple step push the pedal down yeah but that's the thing is 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 staying on the front end of greatness is simple but it doesn't necessarily mean it's easy in fact it's pretty difficult cuz when you're having to you know commit to working out and sometimes you get up and you're like man my body does not feel like working out but you yeah. work out anyway it's kind of those those dangerous things that you're doing that you're like, I'm yeah. actually kind of risking a little bit of injury to really make sure my body is in tip-top shape that it should be. Now, obviously, you don't want to overdo it and that kind of stuff, but that's... It's not safe. It's not... Well, it's not necessarily yeah. unsafe, but it's... Yeah, I get what you're saying. It's, it's a bit... It's but also, it's risky. to keep it's, those things going and to really push into that so you can get those wins... So you can compound those wins into bigger and bigger wins and become great instead of yeah. meandering through the, the hills and valleys of your emotions and, and just being all over the place and just kind of being able to be a swerved which way, whichever way that other people kind of push you. That's just kind of being safe and not being dangerous. But to, to really do the things that you know you need to do, choosing the great, and, and staying on the front end of that greatness, doing the very simple things that keep you going on that way, that's how you become great and that's how you become dangerous. Uh, amen, man. I'm, I'm, I love that so much. And and so, yeah, you know, we're going to clock out here for the day. But, um, you know, guys, stay on the front end of being great. And, mm. uh, and you know, we're actually going to end. We're going to end with this. We're going to – I got my hand raised. We're going to make a commitment, okay? Oh, yeah. I want you to raise – wherever you guys are at, I want you to raise your hand. Okay, Adam and I are doing this. I'm raising both my hands. Oh, dude, he's, he's – <laughs> Here's what you want. Repeat after me. Uh, match Adam. Okay. Repeat after me. I blank. I, I John. Adam. Yeah, there you go. Okay. I blank. Start over. I Adam. Commit. Commit. To staying. To staying. On the front end. On the front end. Of being great. Of being great. Woo. That's the commitment, guys. You want to understand how to move forward. And, you know, this isn't something like I, I, I can't put this system in a book or, you know, like, but like it takes commitment. It takes determination. There's going to be ups and downs in life. We have them all the time. Adam and I have them all the time. There's going to be times we sit down on podcasts and we're, we're not as jacked as we always are. You know, some days we're really feeling it. Some days we're not. And it doesn't change the fact that the commitment is what keeps a man on the path towards greatness. It doesn't matter how you feel. Mm -hmm. It's not about what you want to do. It's about what you need to do. Sometimes you feel like you can't, but you can. Yes, because the feelings don't, they don't override a commitment. Mm -hmm. Because a commitment is clear, it's, it's focused, and it's definite. 
It's like, if I committed, that means I'm following through no matter what, and I'm hell-bent on making it happen. And so I want this, I want you, this is what we have to say every day. Like, I have to honestly think that I'm committing to the things that I know that, that will help me. And once I've, whoa, 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 help me, we can, you know, we can learn more. I recommend reading books. Read every day. And, you know, I'm not going to give you every tip in the book there is. I'm not going to make this a how-to podcast, but I'm going to say that self-education is really important to learn what you need to know what you need to commit to. And then you can start to formulate on a whiteboard, preferably, <laughs> because how what you want to commit to. Like, it's going to take some reflection. But once you get there, before you even know what you're going to do, before you even have that figure, it, what the most important thing is to say, I commit, I, John, commit to staying on the front end of being great and to and just to let yourself go down that path. Yeah. So that's what I want to leave you guys with today. If you're committed, the problems will sort themselves out as you commit. Absolutely. Every every great every great person entrepreneur business owner that I know will say that. And so, you know, you've been listening to the Dangerous Man podcast. Join us next time. Until then, stay dangerous. Stay dangerous.